Happy Friday, sir. Happy Friday, man. It is that time again, and we're sitting on a 2-0 and Titans record going into week three. Yeah, I know. How exciting is that? I think it's a franchise first to start a 2-0 and out the gate like that, so that's well, huge. Well, fir- first time since 2008, so we did it, but it's been it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I had heard it was at some point but or maybe that was forever but uh that's good that you caught you caught you pointed that out because it it just feels as a fan it's been like forever (laughs) but but it's a good thing to point out because you know we're we'll get to it a little bit later but we're moving into week three and i i couldn't really confirm if we've ever managed to go three and oh so we've we've found a way to win two games now with the home win against jacksonville on sunday we're two and oh and of course trying to prepare for minnesota to possibly get to three, you know, so there's a lot of great stuff to talk about between that Jags win, how we're doing as a team, what could improve. And then of course that game against the Vikings coming up. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot to talk about and I know we're a little pressed for time, but we'll make it work. We got this. We got this. <laughs> uh, you know, Sunday's game with Jacksonville was interesting. I, I almost am, I'm dubbing it the shootout in Nashville because it ended up being quite a, quite a back and forth contest uh, with us ending up relying on a Goskowski kick yet again uh, to win a game for us there. Um, how were you feeling during that game? Uh, I felt pretty good. I mean, I think, you know, you called it right. The first half, the first half of the game was a shootout. You know, in fact, when you, you look at the final stats of Randon Hill, Tannehill at 239 yards and four touchdowns and Minshew at 339 yards and three touchdowns, you know that there was a lot of uh, passing going on in the game, um, so so yeah, it was it was you know it opened up that way and it was really exciting and and you know I went into the half feeling pretty good about things, but then this the later half of the game kind of changed around and Jaguars managed to uh, make a comeback, but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But it was a an exciting game and, and I was you know enjoying it for sure. Yeah, lots to take in from it for sure. I mean, it you know it's an interesting game because as opposed to that week one game against Denver, we didn't really win a lot of the game stats. Uh, now we did manage to go seven, four, 11 on third down. So our offense was pretty efficient there at 64%. Our defense did come up with two turnovers. Um, and something that I kind of spoke to was trying to get better at those tipped balls, which we were able to do twice. Um, and I, I also want to highlight that we only had four penalties for 30 yards, I think considering that, you know, we're coming off that odd off season with barely a training camp, no preseason, I think it says something that for the most part, we're playing pretty clean football without too many penalties so far. Yeah, that is good to see. I know Vrabel incorporates a lot of uh, officials uh, during the practices and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're definitely coached to play uh, towards, you know, penalties where, you know, if there wasn't an official on the field like that, you know, they would probably get away with things but it doesn't really happen in practice so that's good so and just you know you mentioned Minshew's numbers Tannehill certainly had quite the day he was 18 for 24 75 percent completions 239 yards four touchdowns on the day what a day for Ryan Tannehill yeah what a great game his QBR was 88 percent uh he even ran for uh 12 yards you know uh one of those was a first down so I mean, he's he's playing the best football of his life, I want to say. I mean, he's just killing it. Um, he looks so comfortable in the pocket. He uses his feet when he needs to. Um, you know, it, did, it was nice to see him do some rollout plays. You know, I think I think he's going to become more effective with those as the season goes on because he's just so athletic. 
and he spreads the ball around, which is huge. I think that that's such a big deal to the opposing defenses because, you know, you really can't say we have this one guy that you can lock down and you have to worry about like five other guys. So it's been working out really nicely. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, on that day, Johnu Smith obviously had a really great game with two touchdowns. Humphrey had a touchdown catch. So did Corey Davis. So to your point, spreading the offense around a lot. And I think that that really speaks to, to Tanny's game management. I'm going to start calling him Mr. No Regression because despite <laughs> what everyone's been saying, it's not happening. He's now had 12 regular season games as the starting quarterback for the Titans. Uh, and this is, this is phenomenal. We've scored 134th quarter points during those 12 games. That's more than any other team in the NFL more than the Chiefs, more than Baltimore, or anyone else you want to put out there, Saints, all these other teams that are known for scoring. No one scored scored more fourth-quarter points than us with Tannehill. And we also have four of those nine wins that have been decided by three points or less. So showing that ability to win those close games, we're now tied with our division rival Houston for most wins during that kind of time span with, with close games. Wow, those are some great stats. Yeah, no, I think we're built to kind of win ugly, um, if it makes sense. I mean, you know, the defense isn't, uh, you know, shut down right now. Uh, of course, they're missing a, a lot of guys due to injuries. But I think once it gets better, we, we hopefully the games won't be as close as they were on Sunday. And, and even Denver's, games was, Denver's game was relatively close as well. Um, but yeah, no, they're playing great football. I mean, it, it's just so crazy that, you know, Tannehill, the, t- the signing of Tannehill really didn't make any splashes with the media. I mean, it was just the typical, like, you know, Tannehill got this contract for X amount of years. You know, even today on ESPN, they had an article that, you know, they're starting to talk about Russell Wilson being an MVP. And it's like, you know, geez, it's like, I don't know what the guy has to do to prove himself, but he's really doing it this year. Yeah, and I think it, it's a bit of a team theme in that we, we don't necessarily get a lot of praise or attention or some would say respect oddly enough as frustrating as that can be I think it's also good motivation I mean you listen to our our squad talk and you know they get it they see it they but at the same time for them they're just determined to to keep playing and keep proving people wrong and and we'll you know I'll take that any day in terms of a team essentially playing uh, with that kind of fire um so, you know, it, it, you certainly want to see some recognition. I imagine we'll get there down the line. And look, if it takes us going back to the AFC Championship game, getting to that Super Bowl and winning, so be it. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the team's bought into this, like, you know, almost want to call it a Patriots mentality where it's like the world against them. Uh, so, you know, they're handling it well. And, you know, Vrabel's just, you know, I, I think you kind of, stress this a lot. I mean, he's just worried about the game this week. And so he just focuses on that regardless of all the outside noise. So very much so really pass it down to the team. And we'll talk about it a bit more in detail. Certainly another quiet day for Henry He had 84 yards on 24 carries Uh, so far this year in two games or this season, rather he's averaging 3.55 yards per carry. He's had a long of 13 yards, a long of 14 yards. So, Still haven't seen King Henry get into the end zone. Um, maybe we're still waiting for some more of those home, home run type plays. Uh, but there were a few plays that, you know, seemed to kind of spark things uh, throughout that week to win. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny with, with Henry. Uh, you know, I did a lot of film study this week. And unfortunately, I got to get better at 
condensing all of my notes to <laughs> regurgitate it here on the show. Uh, but, uh, you know, really from watching the tape, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Henry this year. I think he's uh, hasn't really kind of got in his mode like he did last year. I think last year, uh, you know, after that kind of sit down talk by Eddie George, you know, telling them that he's got to basically run through guys, uh, he started to play with more, uh, you know, violence, if you will, and just kind of just smashing through the line. You're not really seeing it this early in the season. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't really think it's an issue. Uh, but also one of the things that stood out to me in tape, and I, I mentioned to you this week, is that, you know, the way we play our style of, of run blocking is that we basically, when we're running straight at somebody, uh, we usually put a tight end or a receiver to, uh, you know, set the edge, basically. And, you know, that guy, you know, I want to say, you know, guess roughly in my head, about 50% of the time actually gives up that block. So it's either Corey Davis or Janu Smith or Humphreys that kind of gives up that edge. And then that guy ends up sort of collapsing the the area that, that Henry either wants to go or run to. And, you know, it's really not his fault. It's probably just human nature, but he has a tendency to slow his feet down once he sees that guy in, in that area. So... Uh, I think it's just a matter of like getting on the same page as some of the blocking. You know, unfortunately, Janu, as good as he is in a passing game, he's he's sort of a, I wouldn't say it's a liability in blocking. He just kind of hit and miss. I mean, when he blocks, running, you see normally Henry run out the side very well, but when he doesn't, it's usually going to be just a couple of yards or a loss. You know, it's valid though because you you talk about Janu blocking. I think it's something he is still learning to improve at. Um, he actually had the key block on that 99-yard touchdown run that Henry had a few years back against Jacksonville where he's blocked like two guys all by himself to, to let Henry get that break off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, this running aspect though, it's something everyone's aware of. I mean, Arthur Smith said, you know, during this past week that, you know, the whole team needs to improve. We got to get better. We want to get the running game up to our standards. It's something that we're constantly evaluating. And then even Vrabel just spoke to, we have to do everything better. That includes running better, blocking better, coaching better. So I think everyone is on the same page in terms of this needs to get better. It's just a matter of, I think, fine-tuning exactly how that works. And it really is everyone doing their part on each one of those plays. Yeah, no, I, I, think, the, I think the way that the coaches are approaching it, it's not so much like, oh, Henry, you're not doing your job. It, it's pretty obvious that it's kind of a, you know, everybody's kind of, uh, failed at some point and they just got to all kind of get on the same page with that. And, you know, it's, it's kind of frustrating when you watch the tape to just see Corey Davis, just, you know, outright let a guy run in. And then, and then again, this is where it's probably the one knock on Henry is that he's got to kind of get up to speed. So if he hasn't got the handoff and he's already moving his feet really well, the first guy that gets him, this season anyways has been kind of taking him down so you know missing a block just totally throws off the way the whole flow of the play is supposed to go um and so hopefully they just kind of get on the same page with that i mean it's not like Corey davis is a lineman or a tight end and, and that's his job it's just you'd like to see him just kind of not make the you know not just let the guy basically run in which is sometimes at times happens but you know if they can just get better at that week to week i think it'll be better and, and you, you make a good point you know fersker and pruitt are definitely better blockers than Janu if you put them, you know, up against each other. But at the same time, they don't really kind of draw the attention that Janu has been. And so it's kind of key to leave him on the field because you just don't know if it could kind of just be, you know, a, a pass play to the tight end. So, 
Yeah, and then speaking to how our defense did there on Sunday against Jacksonville, you know, Kenny Vaccaro with a team high 10 tackles. He had a QB hit. You've said it a few times during our combos during the week. It's like he was just everywhere, um, all over the field. Butler also had eight tackles, and he wasn't even playing at 100%, so I wanted to highlight that. Um, Evans and Brown, I mean, they they combined for nine tackles, had 14 others that were sort of like team effort tackles. So we did get a lot of effort, um, and that's actually something that Shane Bowen spoke to as well, just that our tackling has really been they, – they feel better than expected, which is great to see. Kind of a quiet game, though, from Clowney and Simmons. I mean, they were there. They had their moments, a couple of QB hits. There were seven tackles overall. Didn't necessarily see as much pressure as maybe we'd hope until I think really late into that game. Um, but I wanted to call out uh, Fulton. He got his first career interception off a tip pass early in the game. That was great to see. Um, and and really, my my highlight of the day for defense is Harold Landry. Uh, he just, he's just ruthless. I mean, he had seven tackles overall. He had a QB hit. Um, and he also ended up with, with that interception off a tip pass late in the game to essentially seal the win. So we did give up a lot of points. We did give up a lot of yards, maybe more than we'd like to see, but kind of more of that bend don't break mentality helped us get the win. Yeah, no, I can't say enough good things about Vaccaro. Uh, he's basically, if you will, the Tannehill on that side of the ball, cause he is, just playing really, really well. I mean, as you watch the tape, um, it's really rare he's not around the ball or if making the tackle himself. Um, you know, he's just doing it all right now. I wish somebody else would kind of help him out to some degree so that he's not kind of on an island so much. But at the same time, I, I don't think anybody right now is as talented as him just due to the fact that we have a lot of rookies playing and a lot of uh, backups due to injuries and kind of the way things shaked out. But um, yeah, and, and and you're you're right about Landry. Landry had one of his better games, even though he didn't end up with the sack in the game. He did have one quarterback hit, uh, you know, and he was constantly all around the quarterback. He did make a, one mistake in the fourth quarter. He did shift the guys kind of to the left. I caught I caught it on tape, but you know he just thought it was going to be a run, and they ended up running the other way, which uh, put you know, Jacksonville right on like the two yard line, but, you know, for the exception of that, he played, you know, a near perfect game and, and Butler is playing pretty good football. It was nice to see him out there considering that he almost, he was a game time decision. Um, He did struggle a little bit uh, at times, you know, but I don't think he struggled as bad as some of the, the younger guys. Uh, You know, I think Chris Jackson is, is, you know, showing his, his newness to the, to the team and, and Fullerton, you know, had a great pick, you know, there, which was awesome to see, but he also str- struggles a little bit with, you know, keeping press coverage. So, you know, there's still a lot to, to be, you know, seen in the defense, but I think overall, I mean, they played really well, you know, to kind of control the pace of the game and, and, you know, really they sealed it out, you know, so that was good to see. Yeah. Overall, it was impressive. I mean, we had a, you know, a 24, 10 lead at, at halftime with that phenomenal, you know, last second field goal uh, to kind of cancel out the field goal the Jags had gotten. And then you kind of going into the second half, we're kind of hoping we, we, we hold up, but certainly became a bit more of a shootout at that point. But, you know, Landry, Landry's only one of only two players in the NFL right now that has at least two interceptions uh, and nine sacks dating back to last season. So, I mean, I think he's one of those guys that continues to progress to look for ways to, to make an impact. And, 
you know, there's, there's as much room, I think on the defensive side, you know, for us to improve as there's on the offense. So in a way it's like this wild mix of we've found a way to win two very close games that could have gone either way. Uh, but we did win them and we just have to find ways to clean up everything else. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think you said it really well. I mean, we almost lost two games, but at the same time we did win them, uh, which is what good teams do. You know, they win those close games um, and the defense, you know, we'd like to see a little bit more pressure. That's one thing that definitely shows up in tape. Minshew had plenty of time, but at the same time he was dinking and dunking a lot. Um, and that, and that was tough on the, you know, young secondary that we have. So there's, and there's really no way you can stop that with him throwing the ball within two seconds or three seconds. You know, that's, it's almost near impossible to get him unless a, a lineman completely whiffed on a block, you know. Um, and Clowney, you know, to his credit, was constantly, like, right there. Like, he's, like, maybe a step or a step and a half away from making that sack. Uh, but I think this week against the Vikings, he might have a little bit more luck. And I think some of that is just kind of game rust and, and not being, you know, not playing this season. But, yeah, the the, uh, the defensive line is playing really well. Uh, Simmons didn't have – quite the disruptive game that he had uh, last week with only uh, three uh, tackles accredited to him. But he he definitely, you know, just fills that gap in the middle. And it's just very hard to run on him uh, right up the middle like that. So, yeah. So overall, we hold on and we get the win. Um, and really kind of like we talked about earlier, like the first half of the game was pretty well controlled. I mean, we got off to a super quick start. First first play from scrimmage for us, you know, Tannehill finds Janu for over 60 yards, and then a few plays later finds him in the end zone. We ended up with a tip pass. We come down, we score again. Um, and Goskowski played a much better game as far as kicking was concerned. No issues on that end. So it was a very, like, quick 14-0 start for, for the game there. And then, you know, as things went on, Jacksonville started to get a little more comfortable moving the ball. I think we really – where we really have struggled is third downs. And this was even highlighted as well um, by our defensive coach during this past week, just around the fact that that's really been a focus during practices this week is we seem pretty strong on first down. We're just as strong on second down, but then we get in these third down situations. And and I even talked about this earlier, you know, during training camp where this is something that I think we could have an issue with is we just seem to give up these third down plays either for a first down or even for a score that we should be able to stop. Yeah, and we're giving up the third downs mainly to pass from what I saw on the tape. You know, it's normally like, okay, we either bring bring a little bit of a blitzing, you know, there, here, there, or we play zone, but the zone is very soft on third down. Um, I'm not really sure if that's due to, again, the young secondary or the play calling. Um, I want to go on a limb here and blame the uh, secondary, to be honest, because I think you see where, like, you know, typically uh, Jackson, uh, again, he, he's a rookie, you know, he, he's just still wet around the ears and, and, you know, can't really seem to press on a guy. I think he's just worried that he might get beat downfield. So he just doesn't play really good press coverage. And you kind of see the same from Fullerton, which is pretty expected from a, a rookie corner like that. So, uh, and then, you know, I think you pointed out during the week that, Bayard was actually facing an injury, so he didn't actually have his best game. It was like one of the few games you watch and you kind of wonder, like, what was he doing? He, he missed a few uh, really good tackles, and he 
just wasn't all over the ball like he normally is. But uh, hopefully this week he's he gets to heal up and, and and play a little bit more on par of where he has been because he's he's definitely one, you know one of the better safeties in all the NFL. Yeah, it definitely was a you know a, almost like a silent game for for Byer, which you're not used to. We really haven't seen much detail around it other than it was some kind of shoulder issue, um, you know. But he obviously battled through it. it seems like he's going to be good to go coming up uh, this week as well. So, you know, overall, I think there's there's plenty to be happy about, but also just as much to want to see improve. So it's definitely a unique kind of balance between those two so after two games our offense right now we're averaging 24 points a game about 365 yards a game our defense is giving up 22 points a game and just over 400 yards per game so we we've definitely got some room to to try to tighten things up if you will yeah no I I mean I think we're doing what we need to do to win it just isn't like you know Chiefs like blowing everybody out type of win but you know we've never really kind of been that team you know and I think you know to the the credit of the coaches I think they're calling for the most part the right things for what they're seeing situationally on the field so I don't feel like we're getting out coached I think that's something as as a Titans fan you know you kind of worry about from you know some of the past regimes that were you know, in control it was just always like run the ball on third and long, you know, it's, you don't see those kinds of things anymore. Uh, so it's been, they've been coaching really well and, you know, there are some weaknesses on defense and honestly, Henry had a great third quarter, which kind of turned, you know, flipped the switch a little bit on them, you know, cause he started to actually make some gains and they had to worry about him all over again. So, you know, I, I think the offense, you know, is just coming together and a defense, you know, is as well. And especially with younger guys playing in the secondary, but we're, we're, I think, you know, this game with the Vikings coming up, I think we can sort of put everything they've learned in the last two games and really kind of showcase that on the field on Sunday. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, you know, the, the coaching regime, I think to Vrabel's credit, you know, we're, we're not, sitting here 2-0 and acting like everything is perfect or acting like we're right where we want to be. Um, you know, Rabel said there's four things that we need to improve on. Effort, technique, understanding and responsibilities and details, and execution. So it's like even though we've managed to win these two games, which is crucial, um, especially because one was divisional already um, and both, both games so far have been uh, AFC matchups, I mean, there's still plenty of work to do. I, I think that kind of mindset is what helps our team stay motivated because, yeah, we got the wins, but we're not settling for, well, we're winning, so what's the big deal? It's more of, yes, we've won, but we recognize that we're fortunate and we're trying to find ways to get better. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good point to call out because, I mean, they're definitely self-evaluating, uh, which is huge because, you know, a lot of teams, you know, win a couple of games and they think everything's great and then only to fall flat on, you know, a trap game or just, you know, flat in general. So, you know, I don't think the Titans, you know, even if we go against a, a really good team, you know, through the season, you know, even if we beat them, I don't think Vrabel will, will then say, all right, you guys are like the Super Bowl champions now, you know, he'll just sort of like, all right, you won on Sunday. We totally have to like erase that and worry about the next week game next week's game it's a balance and it's one week at a time I mean, i think that obviously every game is important um and you could argue that every game becomes the most important game this week is super unique to me because you know looking at our division rivals jacksonville lost last night uh thank god somehow uh (laughs) at home against miami they've lose they've lost already uh the colts are hosting the jets at home 
And, you know, you, I don't think you should ever look at a game and say it's a gimme, but I got to think that the Colts are favored and should win that game. Uh, and the Texans, man, they're trying to avoid going 0-3, and, and they're on the road in Pittsburgh. So I look at that, and I'm like, this is a huge opportunity for the Titans to get another road win, get to 3-0, and really take some legit command of the AFC South. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. You know, Houston has one of the tougher schedules in the NFL based on, you know, some of the metrics they have. And, and going I don't feel Houston. bad for them. <laughs> and going to Houston, you know, like you said, is, is you know, a huge ask at 0-2. and two. And then the Colts having – you know, the Jets, you know, coming to town. I mean, the Jets, you know, are, you know, not a legitimate football team, you know, and sorry to all the Jets fans out there. But, you know, the thing was, though, is that I would have, you know, without a doubt, put the 49ers as one of the more physical teams in all the NFL, just just based on the way they play. They play so hard and tough. But to come out of the Jets games, you know, with their quarterback hurt, their tight end hurt, you know, they lost the uh, that one defensive guy for the year. I mean, it, it must have been a really, you know, physical game. And so that tells me just based on a lot of the injuries that came out on the San Francisco side that, you know, the Jets, you know, they might not beat, they might not beat you in the score, but they're going to, you know, beat you in toughness on the field. So the Colts kind of being more of a finesse team, I think they're going to have their hands full with them. I mean, they probably will pull out the win, but I don't think they come out the same. And it also brings me to the, one of the things I thought about, you know, with Jacksonville losing on Thursday and Denver losing on Sunday, you know, every team that's played this this year has gone on to lose their next game. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll start that trend. We're okay to be those boys. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. That's what you're in for folks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this, this kind of brings us if, if, if you're ready to, to this week three matchup against the Vikings um, it's, it's super interesting because this is a Vikings team that, that's 0-2, so they have not had a good start to the year so far. They lost to Green Bay and then now to Indianapolis. Cousins is not playing well. He's 30-51, 372 yards. Uh, he's only got a passer rating of 61.9%. He's had two touchdowns and four interceptions in two games, just not playing well. Uh, their defense is allowing over 400 yards per game, and 150 of that is rushing. So here's us hoping that Henry finally has that game. It seems like this could be that moment. Uh, Minnesota's 29% on third down. They've had a turnover in every game. All of this seems to build up to shouldn't, shouldn't this be another Titans win? Yes. I, I think this is kind of a defining moment for the team. Uh, everything on paper with, when you look at the, the loss record, you look at all of those really key stats that you just pointed out. I mean, just based on all of those things, these are the kind of games we're supposed to win. So uh, I I feel like if the team is definitely taking that next step, you know, even though it's a huge ask to go three and three and zero oh at the beginning of the season, I think this is a game we you know we should win. You know, it'd be different if we were playing the Minnesota Vikings of last year. You know, which is kind of sad that they've kind of gone downhill so fast. But you know, if we were playing that team that went into the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, and we lost, like you'd kind of would come away from the game like, okay, well, you know, these, it's a playoff ready team and, and, and this and that, but this team really isn't that. I mean, they're, they're, they're nothing that they were of their old selves. So this is definitely a game we should win. You know, it, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, uh, Corey Davis has just about as many yards as Thielen does. You know, <laughs> he has 137 yards. Thielen only has 141, you know, uh, he has one touchdown. Thielen has two. You look at Devin Cook against Henry, you know, 
Cook only has 113 yards rushing, but he does have three TDs. Henry has 200 yards rushing, but no TDs. And then, you know, Cousins with, you know, the glaring thing there is not really yards or touchdowns. It's that he's thrown four interceptions this year, which, you know, has to really, really hurt the team. Um, so. Yeah, and I since you mentioned Corey Davis, the stat that I wanted to highlight, you know, he's he's been strong already in two games this year, uh, which is exciting to see. It's kind of that contract type season that he seems to be having. He's one of uh, the NFL's most efficient receivers since last year, um, moving the chains on 81% of his receptions. And the only receiver that has a higher percentage doing that is Alshon Jeffrey. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of look at this game and, and I just saw a notification earlier, AJ Brown is out again against Minnesota, which was expected, but all right. that to say, it just kind of paves the way again for Corey to have a, a, a big game again. I, I mean, I know we used John New a lot last week. I think we'll probably keep seeing those tight end plays, but you got to feel like Corey Davis is going to keep being that primary wideout. Yeah, you know, he's definitely taking advantage of his opportunities. And, you know, what you saw, you know, in Denver, uh, in that Denver game, when you watch the tape, is that, you know, Denver was okay putting man-to-man on him, and he made them really pay for that that night. And then Jacksonville also struggled with him, you know, running across on the flat. And I think that's where he does some of his best work, when he's just running laterally to the side. You know, he's he's not really the fastest guy to burn you downfield, if you will. Like, he's not, you know, like a Raymond that has that blazing speed that he just comes off the the line and just, you know, gets the cornerback behind him right away. He's kind of that guy that kind of goes up 10 yards, you know, makes a nice cut and then, you know, uses his body and all of the leverage that he has and his pass catching radius and makes the catch. And so I think that's why he's so deadly because without a linebacker or, uh, you know, a safety on top in the corner on the inside, I mean, I think he's going to catch that ball, you know, all day long. I, I would agree. That's what you would hope for, at least. And it's it's interesting to listen to our team and coaches talk during the week about Minnesota because, you know, even though they've been struggling and even though they're they're you know they're they're down some players, they recently signed someone from Denver to to kind of help fill the gap at linebacker. I mean, we're we're being very respectful of this team's defense. I mean, you know, Vrabel has talked about how they've won. 70% of their home games. So it's just a tough place to play, so to speak, or a tough place to get a win. Uh, you know, even Tannehill talking about just how talented the, their defense usually is. So I, I think it kind of just shows our mindset of like, even though on paper, everything points to this, this should be another good win for us. Obviously it's still going to be a challenge. Oh yeah. I mean, Mike Zimmerman is uh Zimmer is a, a really good coach. You know, he's, he, was a defensive coordinator turned coach, you know, so, and he actually calls the plays for defense, you know, and, you know, they really had one of the better defense of all the NFL last year uh, with Barr playing, but unfortunately he's on IR. Um, they're having to sub him out with a veteran signing this week, Davis. So he's definitely going to be just kind of taking in the basics, you know, going against us, which won't do them any favors. But, you know, outside of all of those things, you know, I watched the cold scheme highlights, you know, actually two times, which uh, you can find them on, on YouTube. And it does a really good job of just breaking down the plays. You know, it's it's about 11 minutes to watch the whole game. But, um, you know, the, the defense just, it seems like they struggled kind of understanding what their job was for zone. And they gave up a ton of rushing yards at the middle. I think Henry's going to have a, a, you know, a field day just running up the middle. If we can somehow, once he hits full stride and he's going right through the middle, 
I don't think they're going to stop him. I think we actually see him score a few touchdowns this week. But yeah, I mean, I think that I think even with all of that, I think their offense is still pretty potent. I mean, Cook is, you know, really, really good and talented. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Uh, He's so elusive. And Cousins, you know, if he does have time, he does seem to find, you know, where to put the ball usually. So, yeah, I mean, it's rightfully so to take them seriously. And and they they still, even with a a really crappy uh, score uh, record, they still are a pretty legit team. It's going to be exciting. Another another game where – we feel good about it, but certainly we, we've got to find a way to, to execute and, and play to our full potential. Yeah, no, I think the keys to the game is going to be just establishing the run, uh, you know, making sure that Henry, you know, gets three plus yards every time, just starts to batter down that defense. I mean, you saw it against the uh, Jaguars in the third quarter. Uh, they started to struggle, like, getting to him and bringing him down. He actually broke more tackles in the third and fourth quarter than he did in the first half. So as long as the line continues to block, which I think, you know, I, I don't, it's kind of anecdotal, but it, it really seemed like their front defensive guys seemed relatively small compared to the uh, guys we've played in the last two teams. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to have a really, you know, easier time kind of pushing them around. And, you know, really all you need to do is give Henry just a little bit of a hole. And then he's, if he's already in stride, I mean, it, it's, it's usually 10 plus yards after that, you know? So um, if we get him going, it's going to be a long day for the Vikings. I, I agree. And I think this is that game, especially where, you know, the, the more efficient we can be, especially in the red zone, not settling for field goals, scoring touchdowns to put the pressure on Minnesota to score. I mean, I think obviously they're not getting the best production that they want to be right now out of that. So I, I would love to see us, you know, throw up another 30 points or so force cousins to, feel the pressure and, and have to move the ball downfield to answer. Yeah, no, I think Clowney's going to have a really good game. I don't think their offensive line will have an answer for him, especially if we get Beasley back this week, which is, you know, it, it, if all things are a go, he's going to play on Sunday for the first time this year. So that'll be nice to see him in a Titans uniform. So I think with Beasley out there, uh, you know, Landry always playing tough and Clowney just kind of figuring out everything. And then, Korea didn't play a ton of snaps in the last game. Um, you know, there's probably a story there, but, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't play. But, you know, Bowen seemed to think that he's going to have a much better uh, playing time this week. So I think if we get all those guys rotating, you know what I mean? Like just keeping them fresh, uh, it'll be huge because, you know, you do kind of see Clowney's production start to drop off as the game goes on. So if we can just keep him a little bit more fresher, I think it'll go a long way to just keep you know, the pressure on, you know, cousins. So I, I just don't see him having a comfortable day for sure. So. Yeah, certainly hope not. And, you know, from, from all the games I've watched with cousins, I mean, I, I don't think he's a terrible quarterback, but I also think he's, he's just average. Um, I think one of the things is that he doesn't seem to recover well, like he's easily flustered. So it doesn't take a whole lot for him. I think to kind of get thrown off and, you know, it's a valid thing to mention with Correa. I don't know that we've really seen him play as much or play as well. And a lot of that's just because of the change with, with bringing in Clowney because I know they're trying to get him integrated. But, you know, this, this again, just really kind of seems like one of those games for our defense to really just sort of step up and kind of get more into their own. Yeah, I think so. I think this is a, a, a you know, it'll really test them out, I think, on the ground. I think we're going to really struggle with Cook. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a hundred yards and a couple scores uh, just because he's so talented. I don't, I don't mean that as a knock on the defense. I just think it's going to be really tough with him, but I think the secondary kind of showing 
you know, Jacksonville with these, you know, no name receivers gave them a ton of problems. I think they probably reviewed that this week. And with the Vikings, you know, sort of having similarly unheard of receivers for the exception of Thielen, you know, I think it'll let them kind of like, all right, so we got beat last week on some things. Let's try to take that away and improve this week with a team that, you know, uh, has one star receiver. So if we happen to take him out of the game, that puts man to man on all the other guys. So it'll, it'll, it'll give them a good proving ground to step up against, you know, those other receivers that the Vikings will have to throw at us. Totally agree. Do you, do you feel like you've got a, a prediction or a strong sense of how the game will go? Yeah, you know, I think the I think the Titans will score uh, pretty well against that defense. Uh, I think it'll. I think we hit about twenty eight points this week. Uh, I think their defense won't find a way to stop uh, Tannehill. So I, I'm I'm putting us at about twenty eight points, and I think Cook uh, keeps them alive. I think they actually go. I think he actually gets fed the ball closer to what Henry's getting, like thirty carries a game. So we'll just have a big dose of Cook, and it's going to give the run defense a ton of fits. But I think the secondary tightens up. So I, I have the game at about 21-28. That's, that's kind of where I'm seeing the game land on, you know, with uh, Tannehill having a ton of scores and Henry actually getting in the, in the end zone this week as well. Yeah, I'm especially excited to see Shaka finally get some touchdowns. Um, I've got it scored pretty similarly. I mean, I think I've got us at 31. I think we get into the red zone. We score plenty of touchdowns. I'm allowing for, you know, at least one drive where, where we end up with a kick there, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, and I'm giving Minnesota 17. I mean, I, I think that there's probably going to be some feeling out of it as the game goes on. So I certainly do see them scoring. They're coming off a game where they only scored 11 points. I mean, you know, they're going to be hungry for it. So they'll probably get a couple of scores. Um, but I, I really think and hope and believe that this is kind of a game where we really do see some, some improvement on, on, you know, our offense being super efficient, Henry getting some, some, some yards and scoring, and then just our defense finding a way to, to just not even maybe bend as much and just really hold them, hold them tight. Yeah. I think if we can stop cook, everything else will come together for the defense, but he'll definitely be the guy that I think will make the difference, you know, for the Vikings or at least keep them in the game. Um, you know, and one of the things that, you know, uh, I wanted to mention is that since they are zero and two and they are at home and, you know, you see a lot of, you know, coaches in, in this sort of a setting become desperate, I think you're going to see a lot of four down territory type situations, you know, where, uh, you know, Zimmer is just going to be forced to go for it on fourth down, even though, you know, he's typically a pretty conservative coach, but I think that's going to go out the window with, you know, you know, cause he knows that he can't really come out of this with a third loss at home like that. Um, you know, it'll pretty much doom them for the whole year. So I think we're going to see them, you know, not kicking field goals, but going for it and just really pushing, you know, they'll probably blitz a lot to see if they can get to Tannehill. I just, you're just going to see a lot of desperation out there and, you know, sometimes that works, but you know, I think we'll be ready for it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's easy to, for us to feel like this is a must win for, for Tennessee, but you know, Minnesota's going up against that reality of, of being 0-3 and, and and only six teams or about that have actually even made it to the playoffs after starting 0-3. So it, it really it really takes the the wind out of your season, so to speak, in terms of hoping to play, you know, 
longer into the into the playoffs. So I think you you are going to see some desperation. I would agree with that. Um, and and again, it's it's just a great challenge, honestly. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those games, like you said, kind of a defining moment where this could very well be something we look back to later in this season and look back and say, man, that, that game against Minnesota was, was a bit of a, a turning point, even though we've already managed to get some wins. Yeah, no, I think so too, because, you know, uh, I know you don't really prefer to look too far down the road, but with, you know, the next two games being really tough, uh, luckily they're at home, you know, with Pittsburgh uh, and the Bills at home. Uh, those are two legit teams. And so to go into that, a stretch, you know, with the Texans at the tail end there uh, to go against, you know, three pretty tough teams. Well, Texans being tough, more like division wise than being actually being good. But, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and the Bills, they're both two and oh, you know, they easily could, you know, Pittsburgh will easily go three and oh, beating the Texans on Sunday. So I think we got a really tough stretch after this. So I think going into it, you know, three and oh, will help us out if, you know, somewhere in there, we seem to lose our footing a bit. Uh, where if I think we lose this game, it won't be the end of the season or anything like that. It just puts a little bit more pressure uh, during that stretch to, you know, play, you know, even more, you know, you know, just play really up to uh, our potential where if we come out of, we squeak out of this game with a win, you know, if we drop a game against one of those teams, I, I think it's not the end of the road. Reason being is that it, you know, being, you know, out of that stretch, if we lost, you know, two of those games, we really could be at three and two. Uh, but if we, you know, win this game, we could be at, you know, four and four and one, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of the way things could probably uh, work out after this, you know? Uh, so we'll see how things go, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the important thing is we know our team is focused on this Sunday. Um, but, you know, we, you know, to, to kind of play the look ahead a little bit, you know, the great thing is that after this Sunday, we're at home until the bye week. So we've yep. got, three straight home games, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Houston. And they're all just super important games because you're talking about AFC games. So it impacts seeding later into the season and certainly the game against Houston, you know, especially if we're able to get, I'm even going to say if we even win two of the next three games going into that Houston matchup, it just really helps us win that division. So they are incredibly important games. I'm glad to see that we're at home for them. I think that even though it's a super unique season and that we're not seeing a ton of fans, I think that that does add a little something to it. We actually are a pretty good home team. So it, it definitely uh, just, you know, the, the challenges get, get more difficult, but I, I think it's a great test of, of where our team is at. I mean, we're, we're going to have to rise to the occasion. Hopefully we'll continue to see players like, you know, Beasley progress and be able to play more. Obviously we haven't even seen Evans, uh, Darrington Evans just yet. Um, hoping to get a Dory back. We've got AJ sitting out. I mean, there's a lot of guys that could have such a huge impact on these games. So them being weeks away kind of helps us in that regard. But look, we're we're getting to that halfway to the bye week point and and playing well, knowing we could play better. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun that they get to be home for the next three weeks. Uh, you know, coming off a road game like this, I I think that's so awesome for the team to have you know, that consistency at home, I know it makes it easier on the players from, you know, a traveling standpoint and, and those kinds of things. And, and we can only pray that you kind of get that Nashville heat during those games with <laughs> two teams that uh, particularly live in more, you know, colder climate areas, you know. So I think that would be nice to have them make that adjustment uh, coming down to Nashville like that. But, you know, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Evans because it was one thing that I was really getting excited to, to see this week. Uh, you probably even more excited than Beasley 
uh, playing just because I, I really had, you know, he was one of the guys I called out, you know, back when we, we started all of this podcasting stuff that I thought had a ton of potential. So if he can get out there, uh, you know, and even if he, if he just sort of has a couple of carries, I know McNichols actually on tape uh, against the Jaguars played really well. Um, and even against the Broncos, he had some really nice runs as, and catches as well. So, I mean, it, it, it's really good to see him kind of come out of that practice squad group, if you will, and, and make it to, you know, being one of the starters. And then Evans, you know, seeing what kind of a potential we could see with him, you know. Yeah, and just a last-minute update off today's uh, injury report. So we have full participation for Butler um, as well as for Kelly. He had a bit of an illness earlier in the week. But also full participation for John New, for Beasley, Jamil Douglas, Evans, who we just talked about, and Jonathan Joseph. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're getting back to where we've got, you know, more guys available. Um, and even Beasley, who we still haven't seen yet, I, I just kind of loved this quote. He said that, you know, he said, I know there's been a lot of question marks about whether or not I love playing, but I wouldn't waste anyone's time if I didn't love playing ball. So, look, I think hopefully it's this Sunday that we finally get to see Beasley on the field. Um, and make that impact but you know we've got a chance to compete and go get another win it doesn't get much better than that yeah now and thanks for bringing up the injury report I I think seeing Jonathan Joseph as full participant was kind of huge because uh he's one of the more seasoned guys back there he's not you know as young and fresh as some of the other guys but you know he definitely knows uh their system and he came from Houston where our secondary coach did as well so it's really easy to plug and play him so to to see him full participant this this uh uh this Friday was a good sign for me anyways cuz you know like I said I think the secondary is one of the issues we have on defense but yeah it was good to see everybody playing and, and you know it sucks that AJ won't be out there but at the same time I know he's kind of a week to week guy right now and then once we get a Dory back I think you'll see a big difference from the secondary once he comes back off IR. I can't remember what week that is. I want to say after week four, he can come back, right? Yeah, potentially, yeah. I mean, and, and look, if anything, it's just great inspiration because if we're able to keep getting wins without guys like AJ, without guys like Adoree, I just really think that sets us up to be one of the hardest teams to beat down the stretch, especially if those guys can come back and be healthy and make an impact. So it's – uh Certainly tough in the moment, but there, there's some excitement there for what we could get back later on. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely. And, and I know we're kind of pressed for time here, but, you know, really quickly, what what, what do you kind of see the game playing out with? Like, what, what what is it that you want to see the Titans do to be successful on Sunday? I mean, I think what you'll see is I think you'll see a similar start to what we saw against Jacksonville. I think we're going to score quick. I think we're going to be efficient on offense. Um, I expect them to, to make – maybe more of an intentional, obvious effort to get Henry going. Um, now, whether that's a, you know, with the screenplay, you know, with, with some tosses, some sweeps, I don't, I don't know on that, but, you know, I think you're going to see a, a, a heavy dose of Henry. We, our goal is to wear down a team that's already broken. I mean, this is not a Minnesota Vikings team that's doing well, playing well. Their coach doesn't even sound confident. So <laughs> we are looking to break their spines and break them early. Um, I think, you know, you'll see Minnesota get, you know, get some scores for the, for the heck of it. But ultimately I think it's a game that we control. I think it's going to be a strong, strong road win coming back home and I'm just excited. And, and fun fact about this game for everyone listening, this game is on Ruben's birthday. So <laughs> no pressure, but if we could please get a Titans win on Ruben's birthday, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, buddy. Yeah, I'm turning 43. I'm an old man now. So, you but know. you look 33. So. <laughs> I 
that's what everybody says, but I, I you know, I, I guess I got to take it, you know, so, uh, but uh, no, thank you. Yeah, I hope they squeak out the win. I'm really trying really hard not to get too excited about that. I know a lot of my neighbors who have become uh, fans of the show will be here on Sunday, so that'll be exciting. And then, you know, all the fans out there of the show and of Titans will hopefully get to see a good road win in Minnesota. It's going to be great. Um, before we do wrap it up, though, uh, Threads-wise, the only thing that I want to say about Threads is that, for whatever reason, Dick Sporting Goods has everything. Gosh, um, Everything really you do. could possibly want or imagine. Like, I, I mean, I, it, it, there aren't words. There's so many great options right now. It's unfair. Yeah, no. I mean, they really upped their game this year. And it's kind of interesting that they're getting gear that not even Fanatics or NFL.com or Nike's putting out, even though yeah. it is from Nike. But they're just getting some really good stuff. So that's really good to see. I'm glad that we're getting more options to buy gear because, you know, they, they do some aggressive sales, especially as the season goes on. So it would be nice to know that you could pick up some of these uh, really good pieces, you know, as the year goes on. And on that on that note of, of just wardrobe, so one thing that's going to be cool to see this Sunday is Tennessee will be in their Stormtrooper all-white look, uh, which we last saw against the Atlanta Falcons. It seems like they said they saved this rather for uh, road games because I know we also sported this against Dallas a few years ago. Yeah, no, that's super exciting. Um, I think it's it's perfect, you know, against the contrast against the purple of uh, Minnesota. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, what do you got wearing for on Sunday's game? I know it's kind of a big deal between us. So yeah, you know, I mean this this feels like a game where you you should match the team. I mean, especially because we're on the road. It's the three and zero chance. Um, all white look is just so much fun. So I, I'm probably gonna gonna pair up some some white shorts and and, and a white players tee and and go from there. Right on. Yeah, I, I think I got Henry's. Uh, I don't know if you got the new Henry white shirt, but I'm gonna be wearing his his blue original Henry shirt because uh, I really think he's gonna have a huge game. It's gonna the run game's gonna really improve. So I got him on my back, and then for shorts it'll just be either the coaching shorts I picked up or, you know, maybe my Under Armour ones. I like the Under Armour ones because it's got some, like, blue flare on the side. And the, the logo is actually bigger on those. So I might sport those and Henry's and then uh, my visor. Or I was thinking about breaking out an old cap, but the visor's been getting us wins, so it's kind of hard yeah, to change yeah. that up. I mean, do what so. feels right, but if we're getting wins uh... – <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that expression don't if it's not broke don't fix it you know that's right yeah. <laughs> all right man well i gotta get going and i'm sure you do too this was a good session good good you know good vibe out of this one for sure yeah it's yeah. been fun and uh, appreciate everyone that's listening we will be back next week uh to talk about how this week three game goes uh titans at vikings looking to go three and oh it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an awesome game tighten up folks Tighten up. See ya.